Welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Monday morning. We've got all your weekend NBA action covered. I'm Zach Harper, joined by the Canadian consigliere. Justin yeah, Ro- let's go. Yeah, let's go with that. Let's go with I'm that. Rob Lopez is selling ice cream out of this truck. Coming up on the show, Ethan Sherwitz. Ethan Sherwitz-Strauss joins us to talk about Boogie, uh, the player, not my dog. The Pacers continue their strong season, and Russell Westbrook has a little rivalry going with Joel Embiid. But first... Justin, the Clippers have avoided a complete collapse. They had lost five straight games going into this uh, four-game road trip, which began in San Antonio Sunday, and they came out with a 103-95 victory over the Spurs. Spurs had won 16 of their previous 22 games. They were on a real hot streak. Clippers came in against really all odds as their season is spiraling out of control and won this game. Tobias Harris uh, making a push for that final uh, bench spot. Not the final bench spot, but a bench spot in the West All-Star roster. 27 points, 9 assists, 9 rebounds. He was 12 of 20 from the field. Patrick Beverly was amazing in this game. 18 points, 12 rebounds, 5 assists, 4 steals. Incredible defense. Him and Avery Bradley uh, shut down DeMar DeRozan, who had, uh, oh, man, 8 points on 4-16 shooting. Clippers really needed this one. Yeah, th- this is a really, really big win for them. Um, they're they're right on that eighth seed. They'll need to hold off the the Lakers. And uh, with Lonzo Ball out of the lineup, I think LeBron's probably going to rush back. So you know that the Lakers are going to be coming. So they need as many wins as they can get. As you mentioned, the Spurs have been red hot. So this really makes that an impressive win. Shutting down DeMar DeRozan's obviously big. Um, and Tobias Harris, uh, you, you might've, uh, had a bit of a Freudian slip there. I, I think he is competing for the last, uh, Western yeah, conference all-star be. spot given how stacked the, the conference is, but he's got a really good shot at it, especially if he can keep them in the playoff picture here. Yeah. I think they probably have to be higher than the eighth seed for him to get in. Also, I don't even think he's a guarantee from his team. Danilo Gallinari has been really good this season. Uh, yeah, I, I'd still give it to Harris. I probably would too, but I still think like I think it's an I think it's a conversation. Uh, Montrose Harrell at 18 points, four rebounds in the start. No Lou Williams in this one. Uh, 30 and 14 from Lamarcus Aldridge, and uh, the Spurs were sloppy. Like the Spurs don't turn the ball over a whole lot. They had 18 turnovers in a pretty low possession game. Um, any concern for the Spurs? They've been red hot. They're still 16 out of their last 23 games now, uh, and and they've really turned around their season. Do you have worries about them moving moving forward? Or is this just a, a little bit of a blip? I think it's a blip. I mean, I had concerns for the Spurs coming into the season. I had concerns when uh, DeJounte Murray went down. Like, it's just, it, it doesn't matter how concerned you are. They're just going to find a way to stay competitive and keep winning. So I think this is just kind of one of those Sunday games. You kind of chalk it up to kind of falling apart after a good stretch. I mean, this you could have these type of letdown games sometimes. I think they'll be able to turn it around. Yeah, uh, back to the Clippers real quick. I I think it's important. Like Doc Rivers went away from um, his typical starting lineup. Some of that due to injury. Some of that due to just they needed a change. Like this this starting lineup. I think over their last uh, I don't know ten to twelve games, something like that. They were like a minus twenty two per one hundred mm-hmm. possessions. I mean, they were getting they were starting out first and third quarters just getting destroyed, and it's a big reason why they went on this slump is is because they just like you can't dig yourselves out of a hole time after time after time. And I, I'm glad that Doc is, is at least willing to change a little bit um, with this lineup. I fear though that once they get back to back to full health, if assuming they get back to full health, uh, you know, maybe he goes back to it. And again, they're they're just trying to dig themselves out of these holes that they can fully avoid. No, no, for sure. And I, I think Doc is someone that we've seen historically kind of fall back into old habits and, and go back to his original strategy. So I, I'm with you. I, I hope that he stays kind of flexible and willing to change. Hey, everybody, join us in two days 
on FanDuel for the back-to-back Wednesday challenge. Today's Monday, as you know. That means two days from now, you got the Wednesday back-to-back challenge. And here's how you do it. You go to FanDuel.com slash B2B. You sign up. You put in five bucks. FanDuel puts in five bucks. Then you can play with B2B listeners every single Wednesday. Shout out to uh, Ilya. The tennis pro served up a whooping a couple weeks ago, got to join the Friday mailbag, was fantastic on there. Uh, I would say he was a he was a real ace doing it. And uh, <laughs> and and none of this stuff is a racket. If you win this week, you get to join the mailbag. You get to come on there. You get to chop it up with us, ask questions, answer questions, do all that fun stuff. So all you have to do, go to FanDuel.com slash B2B, sign up, put money in, get money, play with B2B listeners. All right, let's do five minutes with an expert and the best expert I could find for the Golden State Warriors. One, Ethan Sherwood Strauss of The Athletic. Uh, my friend, your friend, everybody's friend. Ethan, DeMarcus Cousins, made his debut Friday night. Uh, big successful win over the Clippers. DeMarcus looked pretty good considering he hadn't played in about a year. So what was your main takeaway from the the Boogie Cousins debut for the Warriors? It's it, it's funny you bring me on as this uh, steely eyed expert, and my take yeah. is that was fun. That was so much fun. I'm like a local newscaster on this one, but it's true. It reminded me of what had been missing that you had players running up to him and giving him a surprise Gatorade shower. I feel as though I hadn't seen that in years, and it reminded me of the ascent. It reminded me of the the early Kerr era, the '73 win team after the first championship. That bubbliness. It just felt it felt far less mercenary, but on the basketball level. I was also reminded uh, of what had been missing with the rebounding. You know, there there are guys on the Warriors who get rebounds. Uh, they, they're actually a pretty decent defensive rebounding team, but not the way the boogie does it. Not when he's just inhaling and he's just moving. He's moving smaller guys around and crushing them. I thought to myself, this, this might be actually um, – a better thing for them than maybe I initially considered. I don't want to go overboard after one game, but it was impressive. So that, I think that's an interesting thing because a lot of us, uh, yourself, myself included, recognize that this could be a problem defensively, right? He's not the most engaged defender, uh, especially coming back, being relatively out of shape considering he hasn't played in a year. Uh, you know, coverage in the pick and roll, all that stuff could be could be a real problem for a Warriors team that hasn't taken defense all that seriously for most of the season. But part of defense is just ending possessions with rebounds. Yeah, that's a huge part of it. And maybe you'll have to fit it according to the matchup and that might get tricky. Uh, Maybe somebody will do a better job of taking advantage in that way. But it's just been such a such a weak point for a team that's thought to be utterly dominant that I, I thought to myself, oh, man. And, you know, the other thing I took away from it and I wrote about this a little bit, I thought so much about the Steph uh, pick and roll with Boogie because you don't want a point guard switching on to a DeMarcus Cousins. I'd forgotten about how KD's defender doesn't want any part of that either on most right. nights, on, on the vast majority of nights. So it's an interesting new feature of the offense uh, because screw defense, it's boring. Let's talk about offense. It's an interesting feature of the offense now because Kevin Durant likes to play like a guard. He doesn't want to be the screen setter in pick and roll. And now you've got a you've got a partner for him in the pick and roll, a big guy who can score. And that's just going to open things so much for uh, for Kevin Durant as well. So I've got I've got some numbers to throw your way. All right. Uh, in the eight games prior to DeMarcus Cousins debut, this was what Steph Curry was doing. Thirty four point one points, five point eight assists, five point eight rebounds, a seventy one percent true shooting. Now, is there any concern by you, by the team, you know, from unnamed sources, anonymous sources, that this could be 
an addition that derails something that was starting to turn into, uh, you know, looking like the Warriors again. They'd won, what, five straight or something like that. They were they were looking mm. dominant again. Steph Curry's looking like unanimous MVP Steph Curry. Uh, and now you bring in DeMarcus Cousins, and this is not going to, you know, he's not going to play 35 minutes a night, but they do have to work him back in, and that does take away a little bit from from Steph getting those shots up and keeping that going. Yeah, well, have the Warriors ever seemed like an organization that deeply prioritizes Steph's fame uh, and individual <laughs> accolades? I, I, I don't think so. So I'm not sure there's so much concern on that. And maybe at the Under Armour offices in, in Baltimore, there are such concerns. But, you know, maybe part of this great play of late was trying to set the runway for, for Boogie, that they, they could feel it was imminent. And they wanted to be in the right rhythm for for when he returned as opposed to a a fractured kind of situation like the last time they were in uh, Los Angeles to face the Clippers. You know, if they had had a situation like that and Boogie was joining the next day, that would be suboptimal to say the least. So uh, there might be some concerns, but I, I don't think that they're they're heavy concerns. They're mostly just happy to start their season finally. So, all right. My last question for you, I I think that going into the season, it seemed like Steve Kerr wanted to take a lot of those center minutes away from Draymond Green. Not that he played a ton of center minutes last season, but you know, over the years he's asked to do that. That's a wear and tear on his body. I think they want to save him quite a bit. Once we get into the playoffs and especially the later rounds, do you envision a Warriors team in tight games keeping DeMarcus Cousins in the game, or do they go to the small Hamptons 5 mega death murder lineup, whatever we're calling it? Uh, I mean, that's a fascinating question. A lot of it's going to be determined by how DeMarcus plays because that, that small lineup it's such an energy push at the end that you don't want to take that away. It's almost central to the team's identity. And yet you have to placate cousins to a certain degree. So I can't give you anything on, on that. I don't know yet. I will say, I hope they don't do away with this lineup that I've um, been enjoying of late where in, um, I think the last three games before cousins return, uh, it's the Hamptons five, but with, uh, with clay subbed out for McKinney, and it's just another look. It's a different way of doing things because instead of a guy who's looking for a shot, you have a guy who just sta- does the Harrison Barnes thing in that old death lineup of standing there and shooting the, the corner three. Zach, do you know how many points that lineup s- has scored this season in its 16 minutes of play? Uh, I mean, I would guess about, you know, 20, 25 points. Uh, 71. 71 points. Yes. That's and a lot. O- and only one free throw. <laughs> so, so just so a little bit of unsustainable shooting, perhaps, but just absolutely offensively explosive. And Steph has been going off in those lineups, maybe because it's not so many mouths to feed. It's not, you know, it's Steph and KD operating on maybe different sides of the floor and not not with Clay also off pin downs looking for his own shot. So I, I just want to see more of that lineup that was very intriguing to me. They just started using it and they didn't use it in Boogie returns so if they could if they could somehow get get back to using that one i think that would be a a good idea read him on the athletic subscribe to the athletic keep us both employed uh Mm -hmm. you know you know bountifully employed i would say uh ethan strauss thank you so much thanks for having me all right, Justin, let's get to the news of the weekend. It starts with this uh, just ridiculous trade scenario in dallas dennis smith jr is back for uh, Tim McMahon of ESPN, Dennis Smith Jr. is going to rejoin the Mavericks Tuesday for a game against the Clippers. Uh, Rick Carlisle announced on Sunday at practice. 
Carlisle said, I'm excited to announce Dennis Smith Jr. will rejoin the team on Tuesday. Dennis and I spoke at length today. He's feeling better and plans to resume workouts in preparation for his return. There will be no further updates until Tuesday. Uh, Carlisle apparently stressed that Smith's value to the team um, is big, and he encouraged Mavs players to welcome him with open arms, according to sources uh, for Tim McMahon. Justin, uh, I thought he was hurt, and then I thought he was sick, and I thought there weren't any trade rumors uh, that were viable. But now it sounds like – they patched up his sickness. Well, here's the important things. Dennis Smith Jr. is now healthy and Carlisle is trying to encourage his players to trust that he is healthy and that it's not something contagious. Cause you really don't want that derailing your season. If you're then, um, yeah, I, I don't know. It's such a weird situation. I'm, I'm actually a little bit surprised that, uh, Dennis is coming back. It seemed like his only real leverage play was to continue to sit out and, and just really be a pain here. Uh, cause I, I think the Mavericks would be trading from a position of weakness and I, I don't think that they'd get good enough value to feel confident enough in moving him. So the, the only way that you could accept them to take a loss on this was sitting out. So I kind of expect this to be just kind of an awkward thing that goes on for the rest of the year, unless he just makes it so uncomfortable with the team that they, they end up uh, folding and moving him. Yeah. And then probably around draft night, we get these rumors, you know, kind of ramping up again. Right. right? Because I mean, there is value for him, but it's also such a saturated position. I don't really know how deep that value should even go, even if he were, were performing and he's been, he's been fine this year, right? Like he could be better on offense. He's been pretty good defensively. um, And he still has high potential, but I just, I don't really know how you create a market for him based on his career so far. Yeah, you're right. The the saturated market point is is really really smart because I, there's just so few teams that really need a point guard, um, and and the ones that do typically they've either drafted someone recently um, and wouldn't exactly be willing to give up the asks necessary to get Dennis Smith. Uh, he, he's a nice player. He's shooting a little bit better this season than he did in his rookie year, but just hasn't really. St- taking the steps forward and showing the maturity that you'd want. So uh, it's going to be an awkward uh, fit in Dallas for the remainder of his time there. And it's kind of an awkward trade market for him as well. Hey, speaking of needing a point guard, the Los Angeles Lakers are losing Lonzo ball for the next four to six weeks with an ankle sprain. Uh, It's a grade three left ankle sprain. Lakers announced on Sunday ball injured. Uh, his ankle in the third quarter of the Lakers 138 134 overtime loss to Houston on Saturday. Um, a, kind of an ugly injury. It, I was actually, it looked bad, but not bad enough to where he'd be carried to the locker room, which is what happened. And and mm-hmm. now we know why, because it's, that's a pretty serious sprain. Yeah, that, that is a serious sprain. And uh, it, obviously it's really unfortunate to see uh, how the Lakers respond to this is going to be really interesting. Um, we we've heard that both Rondo and LeBron are kind of nearing a return and, and that would obviously help a lot with the uh, ball handling duties. But what I'm really interested in is how Brennan Ingram kind of steps up uh, with Lonzo's absence. Uh, Cause I, I think the, the team's kind of leaning towards staggering him a little bit with LeBron and, and he had his best stretch of the season last year with Lonzo out of the lineup um, and, and kind of playing that, that point forward role. So if he can step up at this point, I, I think that would be a really, really good sign for the Lakers who, who have actually done a great job this year of surviving injuries overall, in my opinion. Uh, and then uh, the other big story from the weekend, Russell Westbrook versus Joel Embiid, a Saturday afternoon game in Philadelphia. The Thunder ended up winning 117-115 behind some heroics from uh, from Paul George at the end there with a four-point play. Uh, the big news there is that 
during the game, Westbrook went for a layup and B tried to block it. He crashed into him. Both guys went down. Westbrook was writhing in pain, writhing in pain all over. And then all of a sudden he springs up like a shot of adrenaline, adrenaline went into <laughs> his heart and, uh, and tried to fight Joel Embiid, except there happened to it just happened to be like nine or 10 guys between them. So I yeah. uh, didn't really get to do it. Uh, after the game, Westbrook said, I don't think he just landed on me. He had a little extra to it, but it's okay. Reporter asked a uh, follow-up saying, uh, asking if he and Embiid were cool. I don't think he just landed on me. He had a little extra to it. You know what I'm saying? But it's okay. You guys are cool? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> and Westbrook responded with, bleep no. When asked to elaborate, he said, go home, bro. Uh, Joel Embiid said, I think I was going for the ball, and I think he lost the ball, but I was already in the air. I don't have to explain myself. Uh, also said that Russ was, uh, you know, he's always in his feelings, which is true. He is yep. often in his feelings. And uh, to me, it didn't look like there was anything extra. I just think Joel Embiid is a gigantic human being. And when people crash into him or he crashes into them, people are going to go flying. Yeah, I, I wouldn't exactly be fond of him landing on me either. And I, I think that shot of adrenaline from Russ was the recognition that it was Embiid. Like immediately he shot up. Um, I, I do love this, though. It, it, everything everything in the world is kind of becoming more and more like professional wrestling. And and I need more rivalries. I need guys not trying to take the high road. I, I need these these shots in the media. It's this is this is pretty fun. And uh, I I don't think they play again this year, but uh, I'm going to look forward to every future matchup uh, moving forward. Yeah, we'll just have to wait for the finals between the Thunder and the Sixers. Yeah, exactly. Hey, back-to-back listeners, perhaps you missed the live show in Los Angeles this month, and perhaps you've missed the one in New York a couple months before, and you're really wanting to go, and you live on the East Coast, or you live on the West Coast, and you got some travel points and some sky miles. Well, go to Boston Saturday, March 2nd, at the end of the Sloan Analytics Conference. The Middle East in Boston is where we're having the show. Tickets are still on sale to the general public. No VIP. That's been sold out, but we still have a few general admission available. Uh, You can get your tickets through the Count the Dings Twitter or Jade Hoy's Twitter page, uh, but you don't want to miss this show. If you missed it, if you're in New York and you want to come back for the experience, it's just a short little little drive or short little train ride. So go to Boston's live show, our live show, March 2nd, Saturday, end of Sloan Analytics Conference in at the Middle East. Uh, it's going to be a great time. Always come. Two other games from Sunday as they allowed uh, football to have its spotlight here. Uh, Pacers 120, Hornets 95. Uh, this Hornets team might be in trouble. They're uh, only one and a half games ahead of Detroit for the eighth seed, two and a half ahead of Washington. Uh, and they have the uh, top five tough schedule coming up for the rest of the season. Like they, they could be in some real trouble, Justin. Uh, Indy's defense dominated once again. Short, uh, Hornets shot 40%, 16 turnovers. They missed eight free throws in the game, didn't do themselves any favors. Uh, Victor Oladipo at 21 and seven. Miles Turner, 9.16 rebounds, three blocks. Drew Collison at 19 and nine. Pacers, this is really where the game was. And, and Kemba Walker tried. He had 23 points, seven assists, but everyone else was pretty bad. Pacers had nearly a five to one assist to turnover ratio. Hornets were just over one to one. You got to take care of the ball and you got to share the ball. And then the actual good game uh, from this this little slate. Uh, Timberwolves 116, Suns 114. Wolves um, avoided an embarrassing loss at home just barely thanks to Derrick Rose. Buries the game-winning jumper with 0.6 seconds left over uh, Mikael Bridges uh, isolated against him and, and hit the sidestep jumper from about 20 feet. Suns couldn't get a shot off in those 0.6 seconds that were left. Two big turnovers in the final minute by Devin Booker. Carlington Towns, 30 points, 12 rebounds, four assists, four steals. Derrick Rose had 31 off the bench. Uh, Jeff Teague was back. He was sick. He got the start, uh, but Rose 
Rose finished out the game. Devin Booker, 18.6 rebounds, six assists, five turnovers. Um, Wiggins was pretty bad in this game. 10 points on 14 shots. Didn't do a whole lot, but he did force one of those turnovers by Booker down the stretch. Uh, Wolves, I guess they're still in the playoff hunt legally, uh, Justin. I mean, they couldn't drop this game. Yeah, I don't have a lot of confidence in uh, in them making the playoffs. And it would have been really interesting if the Wolves didn't take the court for that 0.6 seconds. Do you think Phoenix would have taken a shot either way? Like, do you, do you, th- <laughs> I, do you th- I think I think they just they just take a knee. Yeah, they just take a knee. They they toss it in. <laughs> they just grab it and take a knee. I, I, I think that probably would have been how things uh, shook down. But yeah, I, I think the West is just too deep. I, I mean, it, it's probably not as top heavy as it's been in the past. But like that second tier is just incredibly deep. And I just don't think the Wolves are going to be able to crack it. Yeah, even even when they get Robert Covington back, it's just too much. Yeah, exactly. Hey guys, what about a little football? You've got a Super Bowl matchup. The Rams beat the Saints 26-23 in overtime. That's kind of the big re- you know, big big news of the weekend. I mean, the NFL kind of trumped the, the NBA in that sense. It would have trumped them a lot more had Drew Brees, uh, you know, met Tom Brady in the Super Bowl, if you know what I mean. Shout out to Tom Havershow, kickers deciding the game. Uh, we had a bunch of missed pass interference calls in favor of the Rams. There was a missed face mask, a lot of officiating issues. Uh, Saints failed to capitalize early and put this one away. Marcus Peters talked a lot of trash after the game to Sean Payton. There had been some feud, but Greg Zerline, what, like a 57 yard field goal to put the Rams back in a Super Bowl. Uh, that was a fun one. And then Patriots beat the Chiefs 37 31 in overtime, two overtime games today. Uh, shootout at the end of this, a lot of bad calls, a lot of uh, confusing time management things by Andy Reid. Bill Belichick ends up winning that matchup. Surprise, surprise. And Rex Burkhead got the game winning, uh, I think, rushing touchdown in overtime to to end this one. So Rams, Rams, Patriots, Super Bowl in in two weeks, uh, you know, go Rams. Yeah, yeah. Parody in the NFL. Never seen the, the Patriots in there before. Steve Goss tried to warn us. He, he really did. did. He tried to warn us. And, uh, and he was right, as always. All right, let's get to the line of the weekend. Uh, we got a lot of candidates, a couple of really good games from Kyrie Irving, a couple of really good games from Blake Griffin. James Harden had 48 points, eight rebounds, six assists, and a win against the Lakers on Saturday. D'Angelo Russell had 40 points and a win over the Orlando Magic. Buddy Heald, 35 points, nine rebounds, a game winner over Detroit. Uh, Carlington Towns, 30-12, four and four uh, Sunday night against the Phoenix Suns. Is there any any particular line that you're going to go with? Uh, I'm going to go with Harden uh, because hey, – Anytime the Lakers lose, it's a lot easier for my mention. So I enjoyed that. I appreciated that. Um, I had messaged my buddy saying, is this your MVP when the, the Rockets were down to the Lakers? And turns out, yeah, that, that's his MVP. Uh, my line of the weekend is not going to be any of these basketball things. It's not going to be an NFL thing. It's going to be Cardi B. Oh, crap. Who uh, I don't, I can't, I don't, I never remember this person's name, and I don't care to remember this person's name. But you know, one of those chirp boxes for, for, uh, for Fox News uh, started talking trash about her on Twitter, and Cardi B said, "Leave me alone, I will dog walk you." <laughs> That's a great line. Make sure you like us on Facebook, Facebook.com/slash Count the Ding. Subscribe to the Back to Back Podcast. Uh, we've got a new basket buds on Tuesday. We've got nerd. She wrote on Thursday. We got mailbag on Friday. Uh, go to the black opinions matter Monday feed, uh, which you can find on all platforms, any, any podcast platform. You can find it, subscribe, rate, review, tell your friends, all that good stuff that's coming out on Monday. Uh, also don't forget to subscribe, rate and review this podcast, the daily ding. We have Kian Fahey's NFL pod, the interceptable. We've got pack your knives, got house of Strauss, all that good stuff. Thanks for waking up with us. Uh, thanks for enjoying, uh, your egos with us. Thanks for taking your medicine with us, brushing your teeth, getting ready for work. You're going to start your week off properly. Thanks to listen to this daily ding. Justin, 
hit me with the sign. Ding, ding.